Hi, and thank you for listening to my podcast. This is yours truly, the one and only Evangelist Jana Pauls, or E.V. Jana Pauls. Evangelist is such a long word. But um, thank you for listening. If you have missed the previous parts on the call of God, I just want to encourage you to listen to those and share them if they bless you. And uh, today I'm going to continue with um, practical steps to answer the call on your life. And number one, we actually already covered, and that is get saved. Getting saved is the number one thing that everyone is called to. You're called into a relationship with God. You're called out of the world into the kingdom of God. You're called into a completely new life, new thinking, new way of making decisions, new way of talking, new way of living across the board. And there's a lot of things that can be said to that. But ultimately, that is number one of fulfilling God's will for your life. And the first and highest command that the Lord gives us is to love God. And that means to be in a relationship with Him, which is foundation for everything in a believer's life your relationship with God. Out of that flows everything else that you do. And then the second highest command is to love your neighbor as yourself, which Jesus said in Mark chapter 12. Now, loving your neighbor as yourself, that's the challenging part. But if you want to even find out what God wants you to do, it's impossible if you do not love people. And here's one very basic step to answering the call of God on your life. And that is, number two, wait for this. Don't miss this one. This is so important. Practical step to answering the call of God in your life. Get your butt to church. Everybody wants to hear the spiritual stuff, you know, oh, press in, get in his presence, hear his voice, you know, and we'll get there. But before this, the Bible clearly says that you are called into the body. That is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. The will of God is that you are in church. The Bible says, do not forsake the fellowship of the saints. And there's many reasons to that. But I'm going to read you some key passages in the Bible about the importance of being a part of a local church. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 to 17, it says, Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and folded in love. Let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head even Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. For because of Him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part, with power adapted to its needs, is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love." One thing that is vital to fulfilling the call of God on your life is to grow into maturity. You know, 
Every little kid says, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be this and that. It's the same in Christ. We have to grow into full maturity to be able to fully fulfill the call of God on our life. And that is absolutely impossible. It's not hard or whatever. It's impossible if you're not part of a body to grow up in Christ Jesus. And uh, let's continue here in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, he trims off and takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you, just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without adding in and being vitally united to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. Now, many people say, you know, all I need is Jesus. You know, I have communion with Jesus. You know, me and my family, we just have service with Jesus. I am sorry. That is not how that works. Each body has many parts, and they all have to grow together in unity. This is even more clear in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 1, going all the way to 16. I'm going to read that in the New Living Translation. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Just let, let's stop right there. People who don't have a church, who are they binding themselves together with peace? You don't even need peace with anybody. You're not, you're not even around anybody. Nobody ever sees your face. So that whole thing of having church in your house by yourself, just watching somebody on television is nonsense. Verse 4. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope in the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. That clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, not the individual, to the church, the body of believers. 
Number one, apostles, then prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So let me say this here. People that are not going to church, that think they don't need a church, obviously must have never read this passage of scripture right here. Nobody is above the word. Now, am I saying if somebody truly doesn't have a church, what if somebody lives in a village somewhere in a rural area and there's no church there, does that mean they're out of the will of God? That they cannot be saved? No. If they receive Jesus Christ, they can be saved. Now, the next step for them is then to fulfill the Great Commission, get other people saved, and then have community with them and grow together as a body. Nobody can come into full maturity as a believer without being a functioning part in the body of Christ and without impartation from the fivefold ministry that was given as a gift by God for the perfecting of the saints. So somebody who says, no, I have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, you know, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things and the Holy Spirit is my teacher. I don't need another teacher. Really? You don't need one? I don't know why God then gave the fivefold minister to everybody else except you and somehow you can be perfected without them. That sounds a lot like pride to me. I don't know about you. I mean, maybe not to you. I don't know. But um, people who think that they can function outside of this and completely fulfill the call of God on their life must be completely delusional. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, it is a dangerous place to be outside of God-given authority. Now, going to church is not enough to fulfill the call of God on your life. You have to actually take your place and be a functioning member that strengthens and blesses others. You know, a lot of people have a problem with the church, and I totally get it. There's a lot of bad churches out there. There's a lot of bad pastors that are not even supposed to be pastors. A lot of people are getting taken advantage of. A lot of people are being hurt in church. Yet, that does not give us an excuse to completely disregard what the Bible says about the body of Christ. We have to be a part of the body. We have to be poured into by the fivefold ministry. And yeah, there's a lot of crazy churches out there. But we cannot say... We love Jesus, but we do not love his church. Now, there's churches that are not true churches according to the Bible, but we generally cannot just do away with the church. It's impossible. It is not Christ-like. Christ laid down his life for the church, and he will come back 
for the church. And the church is a body of believers that is knit together in love. It's not just people sitting in their house watching preachers on their television and never getting in an actual church building. And again, church is not a building, but it is a body of believers that is tied and knit together in love, edifying each other, building each other up. And we cannot, it's, it's absolutely, you know, when you know Jesus, you know he loves a church that is, you know, and obviously the church is not perfect. And as soon as you walk in the church, the church is not perfect. And so that's why in the beginning of the scripture, it says making allowances for one another in love, being patient, being humble, being gentle, you know, covering each other's faults. Because obviously Christ knew that there's a lot of things in the church that are not always perfect and not always go great. But that doesn't give us an excuse to not be part of the church. It is actually completely unacceptable for a believer to not have a church or not make any effort to be part of a church. If that means you move, you know, people say, oh, well, there's no church in my, in my, in my uh, city in my village, wherever, move, absolutely move, and if you're called to be a pastor, go get trained, go back to your, wherever you came from, and start that church, you know, and obviously not everybody's called to do that, but we're talking about finding out what God called you to do, so maybe that is one of the things, but it's absolutely unacceptable for a believer to not even have a desire to be part of a church, Something is wrong if we don't have a desire to be surrounded by believers, to be poured into by the fivefold ministry, and to grow together in unity. There is something fundamentally wrong if a believer doesn't have a desire to have that in their life. And, you know, let the Holy Spirit convict you if that's you, because this is something that the enemy will use to take you out. We have to be invested in other believers' lives. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. How can people sharpen you that you're not even around? You know, they don't even see your face. You cannot have a pastor over the television that never looks at you, that is never around you, doesn't know how you talk, doesn't know what you do, doesn't know how you handle certain situations. That cannot sharpen you. You will remain dull. And that means completely ineffective as a believer. You are an ineffective believer if you're not plugged into a local church and actually fulfill a function in that church. People always want the spiritual stuff. You know, everybody, you know, is thinking, yeah, man, I need to find out what God wants me to do. So just tell me to press in, go deeper spiritually, hear his voice, yada, yada. Well, that's not going to work if you don't have a church believers around you and spiritual authority in your life you will start hearing things all kinds of voices there's a lot of supernatural things out there that people can experience but that's not all from God and people who do not have other believers speaking into their life have absolutely no protection and they will end up confused I don't care how strong you think your relationship with Jesus is you know, again, you are not an exemption to the word of God. You know, people say, well, no, God will protect me. I know God. I know Jesus. I'm his sheep. You know, I know his voice. Well, have you ever seen a shepherd with only one sheep? Let that, you know, Selah, pause and calmly think of that. Have you ever seen a shepherd that only has one sheep? 
That, that would be pretty ridiculous. Protection is in the flock, ladies and gentlemen. You know, yeah, God is my shepherd. You know, he has under shepherds. He has pastors that take care of the flock. And you have to be part of the flock. If there's a sheep running around without a flock, guess what sheep is going to die first? That sheep. It's going to get taken out. The wolf is going to get you. And I don't care how spiritual you are and how much you flow in the gifts and how much you prophesy and the dreams and visions that you have. If you are one sheep running around by yourself, you're dead. That's just a bottom line. You know, flocks of sheep don't have long-distance relationships. You can't be like, yeah, I belong to the churches in another country. You know, flocks of sheep stick together. They don't, they don't have long-distance relationships. It just it doesn't work. You get eaten. You get eaten by that wolf real fast. So, you know, you got to be surrounded by believers. Cannot have a pastor and friends that you only see on the screen or like Facebook friends. That, that no, it's not going to work. You will get messed up. You will get weird. You will hear all kinds of stuff. And heck, you will find people that agree with you that are just as weird and just as far out there in La La Land. They don't even know the things of God. It is the Bible. I am not making this up. Never think you do not need other believers in your life. And especially never think you do not need leadership aside from the Holy Spirit. You are not above operating in a wrong spirit. And if, if no one calls you out on it, the devil will take you out. He will draw you further and further into the supernatural which is not of God. Because you have nobody calling you out on your nonsense. You know, this is something that will save people's lives. And I'm going to show you one scripture here. Really, this, this is going to open your eyes. Open my eyes. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 56. It says, Now when the time was almost come for Jesus to be received up to heaven, he steadfastly and determinedly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before him, and they reached and entered a Samaritan village to make things ready for him. But the people would not welcome or receive or accept him, because his face was set as if he was going to Jerusalem. Yeah, people are funny, you know, like, yeah, man, Jesus not really focused on us, and we don't want him here. <laughs> it's crazy. Verse 54. And when his disciples, James and John, observed this, they said, Lord, do you wish us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked and severely censored them. And he said, you do not know of what sort of spirit you are. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them from the penalty of eternal death. And they journeyed on to another village. Now listen. The disciples here did not just start following Jesus. It's said here in the beginning, Jesus was about to be taken up to heaven. That means they were already with him three years. And they were still saying complete nonsense. After three years, Jesus had to call them out on stupid stuff. So do not ever think so highly of yourself 
that you do not need a pastor or a leader in your life. Because guess what? The disciples thought they were acting like Elijah because he called fire down from heaven. They were in the word. They were quoting the scripture to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you know, we're smart. We know what Elijah did. Do you want us to do what he did? And Jesus like, uh, you're not smart. You are stupid. You don't know of what sort of spirit you are. And guess what? You're going to do some stupid stuff because you are a person and you're not Jesus. And it's all our goal to become like him. But guess what? If the disciples still needed his instruction after three years, how much more do you? You need a church. You need a pastor. You need teachers. You need people speaking into your life. You need to be accountable to people. Otherwise, you will never make it. Number one, even generally as a believer, you will get taken out. But we're talking about answering the call of God on your life and practical steps on how to answer the call of God on your life. And number one, you get saved. You have an intense, deep relationship with Jesus Christ. You love the Lord of God with all your heart. And number two, you love your neighbor as yourself. You love your fellow believers. You love the church you love your pastors, your leadership, you trust them, you have people that speak into your life, you have people that will call you out on your nonsense, otherwise you will not be successful in fulfilling the call of God on your life. I cannot emphasize more how important it is. I know it from my personal life. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for my leadership, my pastors. I love them with all my heart. I love my church. And if you cannot say that of your pastors and your church, you gotta find one. Whatever it takes. Put the kingdom of God first. And this will lead me into the next part to take appropriate steps of faith to be in the place where God wants you to be. So don't miss out on the next part. Thank you for listening. Share it. If this is blessing you, let other people know about it. Send it to them. And uh, tune in next time. God bless.